Welcome to the Ripple Effect podcast series. I'm your host, Jodie Destry, and we're so glad that you've stopped by. This is a five-part series where we'll go deeper into five stories of women in the Bible who encountered God in a way that not only transformed their lives, but created a ripple effect that we're living in the fruit of today. So join me over the next five weeks as we unpack these stories together with some special guests. Well, welcome to episode two of the Ripple Effect series. This is fun. We've been diving into the stories of some incredible women in scripture. And this is coming off the tail end of a message that I shared with our church on Mother's Day called the Ripple Effect. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, go back and have a listen to that. But today I've got two of my very favorite people. Coming to share with us on the podcast today, um, these two women I get to call friends, but we also get the privilege of leading together in this season. So I've got Beck Lambert and Lissy Donovan joining me. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Really excited to have your wisdom in this conversation today. So we're tackling the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. This woman, this story is probably one of my favorite stories in all of scripture, this most incredible miracle. And this woman is like, my hero. Mm -hmm. I just, every time I read this story and I might actually read it for us because it's only 10 verses long and it will just give us a bit of context and put us back in that story again. Mm -hmm. So this is a story in scripture that um, I'm going to read it from Mark's gospel, but it does appear in Matthew's gospel as well. And if you want to go and have a look at that version another time you can, but let me read it to you. It's starting at verse 24. It says this, a large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus and a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who'd done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. An incredible story in scripture and something I thought might help just get our conversation started is to notice that actually this story sits in the midst of a bigger story that was going on at the time. So Jesus had come from... Um, there's that story in scripture where the man is full of demons and Jesus sends yeah. the demons into the pigs yeah. and I am legion because there are many yeah. and yeah. the, and the, the, um, the demons go into the pigs and they all drown in the, yeah, so the Jesus place. has come from there, but he's actually on his way to Jairus's mm. house because mm, yeah. Jairus, the, the synagogue leader had come to Jesus saying, my daughter's sick, please come. Yeah. So Jesus is actually on his way to do something else. Yeah. And this story this encounter happens Mm. on the way so it's this little story within a story so I'd love to hear from you guys what as you read this story you know this woman's suffering she's been bleeding for 12 years as women even the thought of having a period for 12 years is just (laughs) yeah like so hard to wrap your head around but 
the um, isolation because she was considered unclean it meant nobody could touch her and I thought about that this week even her own family if she had a family we don't actually know what caused this issue for her in the first place but Mm. because she was considered unclean she would have been completely isolated and cut Mm. off from people for 12 Mm. years she would have had no physical contact with anyone yeah in 12 years like Mm. can you imagine like nobody to hug you nobody yeah the burden of shame on her yeah yeah, I love one of the things that really stands out to me straight up is that Jairus is there as a leader, but knowing that he needs something more, like he's there on behalf of a daughter. Mm. And I love that, um, like a 12 year old daughter connecting in mm. with this woman bleeding for 12 mm. years. Yes. And this desperate need for this father figure to stand in. Mm. And Jesus picking that up with calling her daughter. Mm. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like Jairus mm. being there with so full of faith that not this earthly father can't heal you Mm. but a father needs you know you need to be healed by the father and I just Mm. love that connection of the little girl needing her father to stand in for her with faith and then seeing this beautiful woman drop down in fear Mm. and yeah that part for me just the faith of a man for his daughter Mm. translated into Jesus Mm. being the father and we get to see that so early in that scripture that Jesus says you are my daughter yeah wow it just yeah, yeah, that just blows me away. It makes me so emotional, um, probably because I've had to be healed in those ways of, as well, mm. of knowing that my wholeness comes from knowing that I am a daughter. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. That's so amazing. That's, I've never mm. noticed that double up of the father-daughter mm. there. I noticed the 12 and I wanted to pick that up because yeah. that's symbolic number in scripture. Yeah, I was wondering what that number means. Well, yeah, I did a little bit of research into that actually because I thought it's interesting that she's been bleeding for 12 years and Jairus' daughter yeah. is 12 years old. Mm. But also if you remember in scripture, there are um, like the 12 tribes of Judah. Yeah. There are the 12 yeah. disciples. Jesus was 12 when he first preached in the temple. And actually yeah. it's a number that represents um, a, a completeness, but also the power and authority of God. Right. And mm. I thought how incredible that, that, yeah, that wow. the 12 is there as you know, Jesus is healing her, doing for her what no doctor could do yeah. for 12 years. No doctor has been yeah. able to offer her any relief. Yeah. And then in a mo- in that moment, even without realizing mm. it, power goes out from Jesus, and yeah. she's restored immediately. Yeah. And the scripture says that she noticed it in her own body that yeah. she was healed. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love that detail. What about for you, Beck? What are the the things that stick out for you in this story? Yeah, so much. Uh, probably, probably how her faith overrode her Mm. fear in that moment that um like the faith to just literally touch the the fringe of his garment for one is incredible um but then also the risk that 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 she carried doing that because Mm. she wasn't supposed to be outside her house Mm. and anyone she touched yeah she made unclean and so She's risking a lot pushing into that crowd, mm. risking herself, um, risking rebuke, I guess, yeah. from Jesus. Like she didn't know what Jesus was going to – well, mm. I think she was hoping he wouldn't notice, but she didn't know what the response of him or the crowd around her, but mm. the her desperation and then her faith on top of that that drove her um, to touch him, that really mm. stood out to me. And also I found myself thinking – 
it's in, it's interesting in the um, in the account in Matthew and Mark, they don't both talk about her inner thoughts. Mm. I thought mm. it makes me wonder. She must have been someone must have interviewed her, and someone must have talked about mm. her that with her after to get those inner thoughts captured at that moment. So that just really stood out to me when it's like um, you get an, an insight into somebody's inner thoughts in those mm. moments. So. And the time that like Jesus spent with her, asking her why, yes. like that he gives her that time and all that information is poured out of her. Mm. Yes. And to like he's just given space for testimony. Yeah. I just think that's amazing. But, yeah. One thing I was thinking about was, you know, under the old law, and I think it pops up in Leviticus, um, but it talks about that idea of if somebody unclean touches you, you also yeah. become unclean. So yeah. in this encounter... The risk is she touches Jesus and Jesus becomes unclean. Mm. But the turnaround moment is that that's not mm. what happens at all. And in fact, she's healed. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. you know, so often we have that experience in our lives where we think I can't come to Jesus because mm. I'm not clean. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm under a burden of shame or I've, mm. if only you knew what I'd done yeah. and we stay away because yeah. we don't feel like we can come into that. But this is, is a testimony of how Jesus yeah. took the old law and, and yeah. you know, turns it upside, turns down. It upside down. <laughs> yeah. And we, because of Jesus and because yeah. of his sacrifice and because of that ultimate redemption and restoration, we're made clean and we yeah. can come to yeah. him and be made clean and be restored and be yeah. healed. And I love that... Um, you know, the entire crowd witnesses that. Mm. And I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in that crowd yeah, to witness mm. how they would have responded. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking about that too, like publicly, because if she, like she knew she was healed, but how would anyone else know that she was healed? And mm. I just thought about that, like her having to prove herself after that. Mm. Like he took all that away as well. Yeah. Like you don't need to prove yourself. Like mm. you just need to stand up in your faith. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, like he restored her in so many ways mm. with dignity. Mm. And that was, yeah, just a beautiful thing. Because, yeah, she could have gone home, known she was healed, but everyone else treated her the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that power of testimony in that moment that, yeah, Jesus offered her was just such a yeah. beautiful moment where like full restoration just yes. happening mm. yeah, in absolutely. front of everyone's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I loved in that chapter you're looking at the whole thing. He's he's kind of breaking rules left, right and centre through yeah. all of in all of the things and he's upsetting the religious leaders everywhere, um, healing healing outcasts and um I think early on they say like he must have made a pact with the devil because he was able to to cast out the the um, the demon yeah. and like they're just completely missing the point. Mm. But Jesus just doesn't care. He sees her um, in that moment. He he could have kept moving. She could have received a healing, mm. but he stopped um, despite what anybody was going to think about it. He stopped on the way to um, Jairus's place. He was a very important man, so mm. he values an unclean woman who mm. has no social standing and no status, and probably no money because she spent all of it trying to get well. Um, like, who is she in mm. comparison to Jairus and yeah. um, in that situation? And yet he stops, and not only does he stop, he insists. Like mm. they're all like, oh everyone's touching you don't worry about it but he's like no someone touched me he wouldn't mm. he wouldn't let it go so yeah, it's yeah wow. 
And so thinking about the ripple effect, because what I love about all of these stories that we're talking about Mm. is that we're sitting here in the ripple effect of this encounter today. So we Mm. are um, living in the fruit and the blessing of her faith. And so each one of us, we live... We don't live in isolation, thank Mm. goodness, even though we've had our fair share of experience of that over the Mm. last few years. But there are people in our own lives who are who have a front row seat to your life and your faith and the way that you live that out. And um, I one of the things I love about this story is the testimony of that and what Mm. the crowd of witnesses would have experienced and how that would have transformed Mm. not just her, but everybody that witnessed that yeah. miracle and that was testimony to that and what it would have done for their faith, yeah. you know, for whatever they were carrying that day in that crowd. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder what it is for you guys as you think about that story and as you think about um, how this woman inspires mm. you to mm. live out your faith or encourages you in your faith. What would you I think for me say? personally, like I'm a fairly um, nervous person by nature, shy and the boldness of her faith that she would stand up for herself. She would go after what she felt her faith was requiring of her. Um, Yeah, and that she would fall trembling and still show up. Mm. Like I just find that super powerful Mm. um, and super encouraging that, you know, God's gonna put things on my plate that are gonna challenge me. They're gonna challenge how I feel and that's okay because I can bring all of that to him and that beautiful picture that she just brings it to his feet Um, but yeah so I think for me it's living in that way where you know we fear we carry fear but God carries up uh, it with us and yeah I just think that's an amazing position to you know um, yeah to hand down to my daughters and my friends Mm. and Mm. yeah it made me think about um how he says um, go in peace and he uses that term of affection in terms of the daughter. But Mm. um, that go in peace and being the kind of um, word nerd that I am, I like to like (laughs) kind of dig into like some of what that that means. (laughs) And and so it's that that sense of shalom. Like they use that that word shalom in the Old Testament. It's um, Jesus conveying that sense of shalom to her and I love being really captured by that concept recently um in a, in a couple of different environments mm-hmm. but just that it's not just peace it's not just like just go in and and be peaceful but it's a there's a restoration of yeah. her life there's a transformation um a reconciliation that's going on a a, a wholeness that mm-hmm. she gets to experience now that she then takes into her community and so just love that sense of um jesus giving her beyond her healing Mm. whole of life yeah Mm. Yeah. he he hands her her life back Mm. and um she then gets to go and live into the fullness of that and for me yeah i'm like living out of shalom like what a powerful yeah um testimony and way to impact our community that that can be because we can we can minister that mm. peace that Jesus has given us, um, and minister that in through our our families, but into mm. our communities as well. And so I'm really kind of captured mm. by that. And um, I love uh, you picked it up on Sunday, Jody, but 
later in in the mark account um it obviously has spread that word has like her testimony has obviously spread Mm -hmm. because at the end of mark it says uh, after that story wherever he went into villages towns or Mm -hmm. countryside they placed the sick in the marketplaces they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak Mm -hmm. wow like and they've yeah. obviously got yeah. that from that Word story. Word traveled. Yeah. 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 And so I just think yeah. what a beautiful transformation mm. of an entire community through the really bold faith mm. of one mm. um, outcast individual who should not have been there. Um, yeah, he, mm. he made time to see the one in the crowd mm. that came yeah. to me as well. Like um, the disciples see the crowd and he sees the mm. one mm. in the crowd. Mm. And so... I just I love those concepts. Mm. I love that idea of wholeness because if you think about that woman completely isolated, Mm. um, unable to, because she was unclean, unable to use the unique gifts and talents she had to Mm. contribute Mm. to community in any way, you know, and all of a sudden it's, yeah, it's not just her body that's Mm. physically restored and healed, but what that would have meant for her family and her community and her own sense of identity and being able to be a contributor in that place um but also just thinking as you said that beck that whole chapter so you know we have the story of the man that jesus delivered and i you know for me that just um makes me think about some of Mm. those mental health challenges that that happen then we have a story that's about a physical bodily healing Mm. and then we have a story that's a resurrection like Mm. a yeah where jesus brings a little girl who has died back to life again and so these three different aspects Mm. of healing that it Mm. doesn't just look one way but actually there's a wholeness to being restored because you know um, that first story about the man who is delivered from those demons um, I think that's that scripture ends with him being um, fully clothed and of sound mind of sound mind and then this woman who's fully restored Mm. and healed and then a little girl who was dead and is brought back to life. So yeah. that picture of wholeness and perfect shalom mm. again. And I think where that that's that symbolism of the twelve again. And if you think about, I'm mm. um, just skipping forward to Revelation chapter twenty-one when it talks about the New Jerusalem. It's all in twelves, twelve gates, mm, yeah. twelve fruits, yeah. twelve angels, yeah. and that idea of yeah. perfection okay. and full restoration coming yeah, again in the New Jerusalem. Mm. So. Um, yeah I love the way scripture all works together in Mm. that way just to breathe new life Mm. Um, awesome so good well it's been great having this conversation today any final just thoughts or encouragements as we as we wrap this conversation up I was just thinking about how um, like when we ask God for things or we're desperately pleading things for things like Jairus was Mm. what's happening on the way to our healing Mm. like to be Mm. present and looking out for that like whose healing's coming before mine yeah and I just felt really encouraged just as we were talking then around that sense of community together and being able to celebrate in and through each of our you know journey with God Mm. Mm. Probably said most of it, but yeah, just again, I think that um, I think as women, we can often fall into a bit of a a trap of feeling not seen and overlooked, and just that reminder that mm. Jesus mm. sees the one um, yeah. doesn't matter uh, what else is going on around. He always has time mm. to stop. He's always unhurried. Like yeah. he's literally mm. going to heal um, to to raise someone from the dead but no he still stops and he says 
the one. And so I think that's just such an encouragement for us that, um, yeah, Jesus is so for us and, and for the one in the crowd and that, that you are seen and that mm. you do matter and um, healing's there. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And, yeah, you are his beloved daughter. Mm. I just love that. Beautiful. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today. And thanks for listening. Um, This has been part two of a five-part installment on the ripple effect. So looking forward to having you join us on our next episode. But until then, grace and peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Ripple Effect series. If you've been encouraged and inspired today, we'd love to invite you to like and subscribe and share the podcast with someone in your world. Until next time, grace and peace.